0: Hey everyone and welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. This week we are discussing an album. An album, Kevin. We haven't done that in weeks. I'd say months. Months. <laughs> we're getting on we're, we're getting on years. Uh we're we're discussing Freak of Nature by Heart Attack Man that re- was released on 2023. So let's get into it. here we're talking freak of nature by heart attack man from 2023 uh it was released uh a little over a month ago now on may 26th 2023 um and it was a self-released album and i also see there's many hats distribution don't know anything about that but um yeah this is a a self-released album um from a band that we've been talking about and i i guess i guess it's kind of crazy we've never talked about them in the context of an album or an ep because i've talked about them so much throughout the the show
1: yeah and you uh it was back at your old place where you first introduced me to him Was was the song is it too young not too young to die or something yeah, like yeah
0: old enough to die yeah.
1: old enough to die yeah which is a fucking great great song i know you you you, you went to a show last night which we'll get into and you sent, sent us the videos of them doing that song which is great
0: yeah <laughs> i think if it, if I guess my best way to describe them is just like shock rock meets punk rock, um, just kind of uh, contrarian music, kind of making political statements, but also like being tongue in cheek. And I think it's 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 what's drawn me to them is that they don't take themselves too seriously, but they do care about things, which is kind of the the world we kind of live in. So it's 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 always drawn me to them, and I think. Um, the fact that they can be so jarring if you don't know what you're listening to is, is perfect, uh, I don't know, subculture kind of people for us. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it, it, I've, I've, I've enjoyed everything I listened to so far. Awesome. Uh, I'm
0: going to get into a little background and band origin, and then uh, we'll kind of just hop into our thoughts of the album, and we'll do a quick song-by-song um, before we pick our favorite and least favorite tracks and all that fun stuff. So, uh, Heart Attack Man um, started as a side project, and they released a demo in 2013. In 2014, uh, the band released their first EP titled Acid Rain on Mayfly Records. On May 3rd, 2017, Heart Attack Man released their debut full-length on Triple Crown Records titled The Manson Family. In 2018, Heart Attack Man released a split with fellow uh, Ohio band McCafferty and due to allegations against uh, McCafferty's lead singer Heart Attack Man would go on to remove them from the split which I always thought was awesome and I think he ended up writing a, a song about him called uh, "Notes App" Apology uh, as kind of a middle finger to him on April 19th 2019 Heart Attack Man released their sophomore album Fake Blood again through Triple Crown Records alongside You Did This Records In 2019, the band announced a tour alongside Boston Manor, which I saw them play with Boston Manor again um, on the Neck Deep tour. So, um, in 2020, the band announced a tour with Chicago pop-punk band Knuckle Puck. And in 2021, the EP Thoughts and Prayers was released with a U.S. tour with Neck Deep, which is when uh, I saw them, which was, I think, early 2022. Yeah on march 9th uh 2022 the band embarked on their first headlining tour uh thoughts and prayers across north america with 30 dates slated across the states and into canada with covey arms length and blood root um yeah like kevin mentioned i i just saw them on their freaking nay tour and they were playing with uh photocopy uh super american and arms length again and it was it was a great show i'm not gonna I'm not going to do a review of the show. I'll just kind of mention things as we go song by song. Um, but yeah, going into it, Kevin, you know about
1: Heart Attack Man on the periphery. What what was your thoughts going into the album? Um, again, I, I, it's not a band I listened to a ton, so I didn't have a whole lot of expectations. I kind of knew what their, their general steeze was. Um, and I know you had talked about this album before where it felt more grown up from what they had previously done so i was expecting more of that but it it didn't feel too grown up you know what i mean they're still making the same they're still making the same kind of like tongue-in-cheek comments like you were talking about and uh so i wasn't expecting any really a whole lot of that but everything here is really tongue-in-cheek in in this entire album i mean almost to the point where it's like just fully sticking their tongue out at some points it's uh it's um it's it's good man it's uh it's complete. i think i needed an album like this after you know 40 40 songs over two weeks of just just the most brutal metal of all time <laughs> like yeah i haven't really i haven't listened to a whole lot of metal since then um just because i needed some a switch up but uh yeah this was uh i was expecting more grown up and i got that but i also got what I knew Heart Attack Man for, which was cool.
0: I might have misled you. I think the last track is what was the most grown up and most like yeah. poignant to me. Um, which I found something out and it's gonna break your heart toward the end. Um, but I'll just save it to when we get to that song. But um yeah, I think I my expectation was Thoughts and Prayers was one of my favorite EPs from twenty twenty-two, mm-hmm. late twenty twenty-one. I can't really remember. But it's, front to back, one of the best EPs I've listened to in a really long time. There's there's great guitar riffs. There's Puke, which is like a heavy new metal track. There's Pitch Black, which is like a great emo anthem. Um, and Leap Year. Like, there was just so many great songs that I had really high expectations. And I think this kind of subverted what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to lean into the harder stuff. But this went way in the opposite direction and went way more poppy and it took yeah. me a lot of listens to really get that and be okay with that because i love thoughts and prayers so much that um there's like a four track run where we get mid tempo and i'm like mm-hmm. fucking pick it up bro come on Let's, <laughs> yeah, where, where's yeah. the momentum and i think um there's he did a lot of co-writes and stuff um with with a bunch of people which is always great to collaborate and change your sound up and if they would have done a thoughts and prayers album like kind of just doing exactly what they did on thoughts and prayers i probably wouldn't like it but i think the fact that they weren't scared to just subvert things and and uh, go for a completely different sound was was great to me and leaning into the popier sound which he has a great voice for it
1: um i was super into it yeah and i think much like you like it took me a minute to get into this so like but I like I when we get to talking about like our favorite songs and like standout tracks, like it's all like everything after like track four. Yeah. Because like the first three tracks, like every time I'm like, okay, let's get into it. And then I start to understand what the album is. And I that's when I started to like really like latch on to those songs. And it's every time I listened to it, it was uh that's the way I felt. So really the first three songs, like I don't I know they're good, um, but it's like I have a lot more to say about the the rest of the album.
0: Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll just hop into the album if you're ready. Um, yeah, let's do it. I don't have a lot to say about Practice in the Mirror. It's a good yeah, kind of a- ambient intro. Um, I think we're so used to, like, getting, like, a clip from a movie or, you know, something that it's kind of nice to just have, like, a nice ambient intro that um you're never going to hear this song live unless that's how – if the, unless they're going to play the album in full, you're really not going to hear the song live. But I thought it was – you know a good a good way to kind of let you know that this isn't going to be a kick straight into the face until we hop right into freaking nature.
1: Yeah. Cuz which starts out with what the fuck are you looking at? It's yeah. Like, <laughs> this this yeah, it's, was
0: the first single released. So to me this is like, oh, thoughts and prayers again, baby? We're running yeah. it back? Let's fucking do it
1: then. Yeah, man, it's uh, again, it's I think again like you said i don't want to say you misled me but i was expecting something not this you know what i mean so it kind of threw me off and um but in a good way right like this this is still a good like i guess a true opener to the album because you know you kind of get what you're expecting from heart attack man a little bit and uh before they switch it up completely on you for for the rest of the album pretty much because like even the next even the next track is is a bit different so yeah, I I like this
0: song, um, and I I think he put it out as the first single kind of as, like, his announcement that, like, music is my full-time gig now. Like, he, he made an announcement that, like, for the first time ever, he quit his full-time job to pursue music full-time, and that's why he was able to go out and do co-writes and kind of commit to touring more and stuff. So I think that's a big leap, and so to have an anthem that's like, I'm a fucking weirdo. You know, this this could be a Sum 41 track, if we're being honest. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is like Fat Lip or, you know, some. it's along the same vein of all those songs. And I think that's why it's got that anthemic. Hearing this song live was just like, we we, we saw them at Hi-Fi and, and, and Indie. The floor felt like it was bouncing up and down. And it was kind of scary at times because you're like, is this floor going to cave in? It was so hot yeah. and sweaty and it was moist. It was like, this is the perfect storm for this floor just to cave in yeah um but yeah this song i think is like an anthem to being like i'm gonna fucking do what i want and i think that is an emo anthem if i've ever heard one
1: yes sir absolutely um so like a kennedy
0: i want to i want to hear your thoughts first
1: uh it lyrically it shocked me like (laughs) because it's like I didn't really start paying attention to it until he started talking about like take me out like a kennedy and i'm like oh shit so he's actually like making some sort of statement here and i don't know what happened in his life where he felt like somebody was taking him out like in kennedy or like he's because it's like at the beginning of the song he's you got what you wanted through like to me that could be very much like Oh, the government got what they wanted because there's that whole CIA conspiracy that the government killed Kennedy because he refused to go to war with Cuba or whatever. But um, to me, it's a bigger political statement or maybe not just a bigger statement about his life. And so it kind of perked my ears up and I just I couldn't I don't know enough about the guy to know what this is about. Maybe you can shed some light on that. But it seems to me like it might be a shot at the record industry or something like that. I'm not really sure.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't really put my finger on it either. It's kind of vague in that way, mm-hmm. but I think it's more of just like I got I got knocked down, and yeah. everyone's happy to see it. I think is yeah. just a like a very dramatic way of saying that. Like you hate to be like cut down to size, and there's nothing more than your enemies want than to see that. And much like the CIA wanting Kennedy to get shot down, <laughs> you know. <laughs> allegedly 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 allegedly, of course um but yeah the the intro is so shock rock is perfect way to describe them um yeah just like having an old radio announcer from the 60s announce that president kennedy's been shot and then kind of leading right into the song and it's not like a a balls to the wall song but i think the way he sings that chorus is crazy because he's never had that much he's never gone that hard with range um but yeah the it was it was a great song to hear live and he goes all out um i read something that he said a relative of mine was involved in the plot and the song really is near and dear to my heart in a very strange way i don't know what that means um i'm assuming the kennedy assassination but i I don't know
1: either that or it's his that's his statement about this song right maybe somebody was like diminishing him and like like you got what you wanted you shot me down like a kennedy um maybe it's because this is a depressing album this this whole album is basically like it feels like one long like murder suicide note yeah yeah (laughs) um so maybe that's what it is i don't know maybe it's that. maybe this is his thumbing his nose at that whoever that person is involved in the plot or maybe, maybe it is literal where they were involved in the plot to yeah. assassinate Kennedy. I'm not really sure. It's, uh could be anything.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely – I don't even – this came out as another single, and when I heard it, I was lukewarm on it. I think I was just like – I think Stick Up came up, and then this came out, and I was like, these aren't freaking nature. <laughs> like – yeah. I want freaking nature again. Um but I'm I'm warming up to it and I think it's it's grown to be one of the topper one of the top echelon songs on the album for me. Yeah. Um late to the orgy. Um I I love the the analogy and you would think that this song is going to be all about like sex puns and shit but it really is just one little line and I think the name yeah. of the song is what stands out, but I love how like dark and brooding this song gets. Yeah, without being yeah, it, too heavy or too sad, it's just kind of like like when you're in that fog and you're like in that depression fog. That's exactly what this song feels like.
1: Yeah, it reminded me of uh, Pepper by the Butthole Surfers. That kind of like edgy spoken word. Well, <laughs>
0: I, I, I read, I read his uh, he. He wanted to tap into butthole surfers and Beck for this song.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's because it's a it's a hundred percent Pepper. Um, like the vibe of it, and it's 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 that perfect, that stylized spoken word, which is the same thing that happens in Pepper, is like a perfect, depressed twenty something vibe, perfectly. Like that's what it is. It's like I, I I'm not like suicidal but i'm realizing like the whole world left me behind you know what i mean kind of thing and it's like there's nothing left for me because everybody's already gotten their nut you know what i mean
0: yeah like why is everyone so fucking happy and i am not and yeah. the this song does it in like a the only way a heart attack man can just like a super relatable song about just feeling like everyone's got something that you don't and it's a really really interesting song it's one of my top top three songs on the album uh,
1: it is my favorite track. Just a little oh, spoiler. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Just because, again, it reminded me a lot of this album reminded me of stuff that I liked in like the late 90s and, uh, you know, kind of tonally and stuff like that. But yeah, that line, everybody came and I'm late to the orgy. Again, you could take that literally and it's funny, but it's also like, it, to me, it almost reminds me of like Instagram culture where it's like everybody's coming and I'm just kind of watching from the outside, not getting my nut kind of thing. Um, but I, I relate to that too because it's like I'm a pretty solitary guy, and there's times where I'm like, man, I wish I, I would go out and do something. But then it's like, eh, everybody's already doing something. I guess I'll just stay home and play video games. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is fine. I mean, I, I'm not like depressed about it or anything, but I, I understand that feeling where it's like, oh man, everybody's doing cool shit, and I guess it's too late for me. I'm 36 now, so. Uh, but I, so I, I get it completely and uh I think that's why it really stuck out to me. One, because it reminded me of butthole surfers and two, um, just because who hasn't felt that way before yeah. in these modern modern times. I love it. Um
0: stick up is the next track. And this was a song I had the hardest time getting over because I think it was just like so slow and poppy that I was just wasn't ready for it. But I have done a complete 180, and I love this song, especially hearing it live. They pick up the tempo so much more when it when it's played live. Um, the inspirations for this song was Paper Planes by M.I.A. and Clint Eastwood sure. by The Gorillas.
1: <laughs> okay. I, I can see that. Because um, it's... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, I had just a quick note about this song. It's an acoustic surf track about an man on the edge deciding just to rob a bank and you can't stop me kind of thing (laughs) yeah um and i love like if you're not singing along to everybody get this down and no one gets hurt i've got a gun inside my sweatshirt like they sing that like in an anthemic way and i think that's really cool because it's getting you to like go along with this it's almost manipulative in a way
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i think they wanted to write a pop song but make it so there's no way this is going to make it to the radio. This is not going to be this, the Heart Attack Man song that makes it to the radio, but it is the most poppy, and I love the dichotomy between the two. It's kind of like Bill Murray, where he writes like these great pop songs and then drops a breakdown three-quarters of the way through the song that way, there and puts some screaming in it that way. It's like, okay, this song is not going to make it to the radio. No matter what I do, this will not be a radio pop song.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So I, I love it for that, and I think I was just like, confused on what he was trying to say but i think this song is just there's not a lot of thought into it it's just like this is going to be a song about walking around with a gun in your sweatshirt and not afraid to tell everyone about it
1: yeah yeah i don't think there's a whole lot deeper than that it's just like i'm on edge fucking stay out of my way and you won't get hurt yeah um god called
0: off today is the next track and I'll, i'll let you take the the handle on that one
1: um I feel like this is where you and I are probably going to disagree quite a bit because I don't love this song. I mean, I still like it, um, but it's it's my least favorite track on the album. I think it's it's, I like the lyrics a lot. I I mean, with the first one, where I think it's one of the first lines, where it's "I want to speak to the manager of Planet Earth." That made me chuckle because it's a tongue in cheek, like he's being a Karen about his own life. Um, I don't know. I just something. I think this one, this is the one that was too slow for me. Um, yes i just didn't, I, I agree i just yeah i didn't vibe with it as much it's not bad it's just not what i wanted from this i mean and again it's it's a it's a mid-album track or you're gonna have that let down typically um but yeah just i don't know didn't vibe with it as much
0: i think my problem was that this was our fourth mid tempo to slow tempo song in a row that like we're getting slow song fatigue right like mm-hmm. i don't mind them experimenting but this song was like my limit and if i had to ixnay any song granted this album is not very long it's 29 minutes long or something like that almost exactly 30 minutes long so i can i can power through this song and i saw his inspirations were piebald and uh modern baseball which makes sense kind of sings the same way as modern baseball but i don't know i think if we could mix up album construction a little bit i think we got to break up the monotony a little bit, but the this is the last song that we're gonna be like mid tempo. The rest of the album yeah. is not mid tempo at all, and I think when we jump right into C four, because God called off today, slowly ends, and then you get that drum fill to to enter C four. Yeah, it changes the album's mood completely.
1: Yeah, and th- this song almost felt like it was the first track that felt whiny to me. Like, this felt kind of, wh- like, whiny, like, petulant almost. Yeah. Um, but, again, it's probably because of the album construction, you were right. But I love the tra- the other tracks in front of this, too. So, it's, I don't know, it just felt, like, it felt tacked on, maybe. Or maybe, like, we have to do do a slower song here <laughs> before yeah. we pick it back up. Which, I I, mean, I don't know, maybe maybe there wasn't that much thought into it. But, I don't know, it just it didn't vibe with me as much, so.
0: Yeah, because... I'm going to say it if C4 isn't my favorite song it's my second favorite song just the way it it explodes and especially when it's live that drum to start it it gets everybody moving and I don't know man like th- it kind of sheds all those insecurities and it's like I've got my confidence back man like I'm not afraid to fucking blow up my life for yeah. the sake of like feeling alive again and that is that's Dylan all 2023, baby. That is just my <laughs> life right now.
1: Yeah. yeah. And like the, what the one quick note I took about this song is just the the drums are so goddamn good throughout. I mean, especially that drum fill to start. Like it gave me, it gave me life after God caught off today. And um, yeah, it's just, it's exactly what you said too. It's kind of like this middle finger to the world. i now I'm strapped with C4. And it's like everything, everything's kind of the same, but now I've got this C4 strapped in my chest and just, again it's kind of a similar vein to um stick up where it's like but it's a different kind of energy this is more like i'm primed to explode yeah (laughs) anybody anybody in my vicinity is gonna gonna feel it if you don't get out of the way
0: stick up almost felt like a fake it till you make it kind of thing and c4 was like you can't you can't fake that kind of confidence that's something you're just feeling um yeah i fucking love it it's it, it was so needed that it was like, without a doubt, our palate cleanser, you hear that opening drum fill and you're like, all right, open the pit up, baby. Let's fucking get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. Nine on your bedside. This one actually has a really interesting story to it. Um, mm-hmm. the lead singer, Eric Egan, uh, said that he was being harassed by someone who would call him late at night, threatening to kill him. Um, so because of this, he was sleeping with a handgun by his bedside. And rather than like writing a song as the victim, he kind of flipped it and wrote it from the other person's perspective, which I thought was really cool. And I think it's so interesting to look at it from that way. Like the only thing that's keeping you alive is the nine on your bedside. It's yeah. it's so it's not like trying to be dark, it just like is inherently dark and i think that's why it's such a a great follow-up track to c4 yeah
1: and without that context to it i saw it as like almost like a pre-breakup song it's like two people wanting to kill each other but the only i'm going to kill you like from his perspective but the only thing keeping whoever his partner is safe is that nine on their bedside and um so that's a cool twist to it but I also enjoyed it for the way that I I interpreted it without that context as well. Because it's like again, I think everybody's been in kind of a toxic relationship before. It's like you're sleeping next to each other, but it's like you both wanna kill the other person, whether yeah. it be you know, literally or metaphorically. Um but yeah, this this track is my favorite in as far as like energy in the guitars like especially in the chorus there's there's something really really similar or like familiar about the way those guitars sound uh the, like with the clean um harmonics and stuff like that is just i really really enjoyed this track quite a bit
0: yeah it it almost feels like maybe a precursor to old enough to die yeah like <laughs> kind of yeah <laughs> yeah if we we did like a prequel movie this would be like dude I, there the the person that's writing this song is just so at the end of whatever is going on between um these two people and then old enough to die is just like okay matter of factly it it's over i did it yeah happy birthday baby girl um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um yeah if you haven't heard old enough to die that that's your homework before you listen to this album if 100%. you listen to no other song um next track is clown school um, which is, it lightens the mood a little bit. It almost feels like it was written maybe around the same time as stick up where it's a lot of tongue in cheek and yeah. just not, it, it's mostly about like not taking life too serious, which take your own advice, buddy. We're at track nine and this is the first time we get to loosen up a little bit and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> feel a smile cracking through. Um, but yeah, I think the, the laughs kind of off put me the first couple times, yeah. but, um, there's like a little, even like a, a synth part that kind of reminds me of Leap Year. But um yeah, this song's fun. A good track nine, and it, it keeps things mixed up.
1: Yeah, it's fine. I, I Again, congratulations, you graduated clown school. um, And I, but there was, it's like a clown horn at the very end of the song. I was like, eh. <laughs> didn't need it the I mean, production it, budget it, was a little bit higher yeah. i think this album <laughs> yeah. it's like they had a they had a, a sound bite that they wrote a song around it's like we need to use this clown horn somewhere so let's write a song about it yeah it's fine i like you said it lightens everything up a little bit um which is almost a little bit jarring um especially for the the penultimate track like yeah <laughs> and then you get the next one which is like super serious almost in a way um yeah, cuz again, like I said most of this album feels like a murder suicide note and that really hits home in the next track and to have this weird kind of just kind of pure jokey song right here at the end is kind of weird, but again, it's not bad. It's just like, oh, that's fucking weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not my favorite, but I also enjoyed it for where it was placed on the album for sure.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh track 10 is See You on the Other Side. Um so I I'm, I'm going to tell you the first up until like maybe a week ago I um I loved this track because it's it's a like a really sweet breakup song, right? Like I just wish we had more time. I wish I had appreciated things more. You know, it's just a lot of great sentiments and I I think I picked this for my song on the show a little while back and there's something about just taking it a little bit slower, keeping it mid tempo, but it's still got like the drums keeping like, um, like the drum rolls, keeping note it as it's going. And um, it just like really struck a chord with me because it felt like this is grown up heart attack, man. Like there's no gimmicks. It's not about killing. It's not about anything. It's just kind of about, um, you know, just appreciating things and, and wishing things can be different and maybe things will be different on the other side. And He posted a TikTok about a week ago saying that this was to his dog Smoke. And he died when he was on tour. I don't want to talk about it too much because I can't talk about dog death. Gets me too emotional. But, yeah, I saw that and I was like, fuck, this changes the entire song completely. And makes it an even better song, I think.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, So, me, this was always about... like I I knew this song was about a death somehow, whether it be his... By taking his own life or somebody that he missed um so to hear this bits about his dog makes me incredibly sad um but yeah you're right this is this is the vibe that i expected from what you told me and um it's it's good it, it, again construction wise it's a it's a great closer right it, it does everything that a good album closer should do uh it kind of it feels kind of wrap-uppy if that makes sense um, if you go with my murder suicide note, it takes on that where it's like, see on the other side, this is the end kind of thing. But, man, that's fucking heavy to know it's about his dog. It almost makes me it makes me more sad to know it's about his dog and not about him taking his own life. There's something about the fact that it could be about a dog just makes it yeah. like that's just such
0: pure love,
1: yeah, coming coming from a man who lost a family dog like five years ago watching scott van pelt talk about losing his dog and his dog was the same thing and i i legit wept on my couch for like a half an hour like it's not i'm not even making a joke like i wept on my couch i was so mad
0: when you sent that to me i cried for like two hours
1: yeah and i i i sent it to everybody who i know loves dogs because like i don't know man like i get choked up still talking about him and i haven't i haven't had that dog for half a decade now almost and it's still like he's to out for forever be my favorite dog and i think um yeah it's just it's just one of those things so
0: yeah okay so we've kind of talked um throughout the the song song by song but i just want to hear your thoughts on the album construction and and standouts and stuff like that
1: Yeah, I mean as far as album construction, like nothing really kinda blew me away here. It's not like I came out of this like, man, this was this was a well constructed album, you know (laughs) you know what I mean? And I don't think it has to be. Not every album has to be like a master class in album construction or um what's you know, it, it can just be an album, you know what I mean, as far as construction goes. So I didn't have any problems with it, really. I mean, other than like what we already talked about, where it get, gets a little too slow, kind of in the mid to late album. But other than that, yeah, it was I didn't find myself like, fuck, when is this album going to end? You know what I mean? Which is always a good sign.
0: Yeah. I think if we could have put like um nine on your bedside, maybe in the middle of the album, kind of break mm-hmm. things up. And still have God caught off today, right into C four, right into See You on the other side. I think that would have been a better way to to construct the album. But yeah, I don't have a ton of qualms with it either. Um, I think just that God caught off today is going to be a skip song for me going forward. Yeah, um, yeah
1: more than likely. Let's talk. I'm, about... I'm glad you agree. I'm glad you agree with me on that because I was I was worried about my take on that. Um, so I'm glad you actually agree with me on that.
0: Maybe in a maybe in a playlist with like like-minded songs it would be okay sure. Um it's a mood song for sure. yeah for sure um so if it was like a, with a bunch of like moody emo songs i think i would be okay with it but in the context of this album i just didn't feel like it, it fit but who who are we you know um <laughs> let's talk about our our favorite tracks and least favorite tracks i think we both know god caught off today is our least favorite track um
1: but mm-hmm. let's talk about our favorite tracks Yeah, again, I've already kind of talked about it. It's uh, late to the orgy for me. Um, For all the stuff I've already talked about, right? Like, it it took me back to one of my favorite songs of the 90s. And uh, I love, love, love Pepper. So being reminded of that and not feeling like it was a ripoff of that song. Because it has its own message and it has its own things to say. And it's not even really sonically all that similar. It's just, it's reminiscent of... And I, th- I think you can tell it's strong inspiration from. And I think just everything that I just talked about, plus what I've already talked about, is what made that like the true standout track for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a great song. And I, th- I, th- I think if I listen to this album more, maybe I'll change my mind this this time next year. I'll be like, hey, lead to the orgy was way better. But I think right now for me, see you on the other side. Um, it just it hits all the right notes. You know, yeah. Any anything that can be remotely, if I can twist it and make it about me and how and about breakups, I'm gonna do that this year. This is my my time to shine. Um, yep. And especially now, hearing it, knowing it's about his dog, it just makes it like maybe one of my favorite songs I've heard this year. Yeah. Especially yeah, on tough. if you look at your on repeat and like what songs are at the top, the song is in the top three, with like yeah. two Bill Murray songs. <laughs> Um, no, it's number two on my, on repeat. So it's, it's just been a great Anthem and just not a, not a song I at all expected from them. So, um, it was unfair. I think that this was the first song you heard from the album because it's unlike anything else, but I think it is, it makes the whole album worth it when you get to the very end and you hear this song, it's just like, Oh, and I don't know there it's, not even like a sad song. It's just like a triumphant song, like looking at the positives. And I think that's mm-hmm. one gripe I have with funerals is like you go there and you're like thinking about your mortality when really you're supposed to be celebrating someone else's life. And correct, this is like a celebration of life, which is fun.
1: Yeah, man. I, I don't, I don't disagree with you in any way, shape or form.
0: I could talk about that song all day. So I'll, I'll take my 20 minutes. I've talked about today. Um, <laughs> So closing thoughts, Um, yeah, we've kind of covered it all with everything else, but I just think I'm really excited to see where they go in the future. I think they really shine on EPs. I think a full album was still fun, 30 minutes long, 10 10 tracks, a lot of experimentation that you wouldn't get on an EP. So I was really excited to see them them play a lot of these songs live. They played Late to the Orgy. They played um, C4. They played Freakin' Nature, they played Stick Up, you know, I think they did a good job of mixing old and new. So um going forward, I'm really excited to see what else they put out and, you know, every everything else that goes along with this band because they are such a, a fun band to follow.
1: Yeah, again, kind of mimicking what you said. It's it's a short and sweet, uh, fun trip into the mind of a depressed cynical person. You know what I mean? And to me, I can relate to that because I've become more and more cynical and I know what it's like to be depressed. Yeah. (laughs) So, and I know, but I know it's like to also have fun with it. Right. So, um, I think for me, the fact that it's all wrapped up in almost like this nineties post-punk package is kind of what it feels like to me. Um, it took me back to a place sonically that I really love. And I know I talk a lot of shit about nineties music, but I've also been rediscovering my love for it because I've been detached for it from it for so long. Um, but it's that kind of sound but modernized and kind of grown up a little bit it it feels like it grew up with me or maybe I just wasn't ready for it at the time I was listening to it you know what I mean yeah so um i loved it man it's uh it was a, like i said it was a good switch up from what we have been doing and i know this band means a lot to you so it was fun to cover
0: yeah yeah it's fun to hear them tap into some of those sounds that we grew up listening to and not necessarily loving but hearing a modern spin on it and hearing someone that's around my age kind of tap into that is, is really cool. Um, for my closing thoughts, I'm just really, really excited for the future and I'm ready for our songs of the show.
1: Yeah. Before we do that, do you want to say anything more about the show? I I mean, we've kind of tap danced around it for this entire episode, but
0: yeah, I, I think, um, a lot of the openers were really cool. Like they were all drastically different. Like Photocopy was a shoegaze band. They didn't look up. They played a lot of their songs looking down at their feet. And but they were they were really good. A great first band to open. Um, then it went to Arms Length, which I thought was interesting because they're almost as big as Heart Attack Man. I've wanted to cover their album uh, for a while. I just I don't think it's something you and I would agree on. Mm-hmm. I don't think you would love it, so I I just don't I don't know, I don't think you would enjoy it, so I don't I'm I'm not gonna go there. I don't think, but that's our best content though, Dale. I know. I just don't want you know arms length to use you as another um a soundbite. <laughs> um, but they, they were arms length brought the house down as a second opener, and it was awesome. Like that was the first time the floor felt like it was falling through, and it was so hot that like we just had to step out for super american yeah. and luckily hifi is connected to like a little restaurant so you can go in there or order a drink and and sit at the bar and there's a tv and it's got like a little hallway connected so you can hear the band and you can see them on this tv if you're like getting too hot and super american three piece band they're they're amazing and um i just loved it and then, uh, obviously, Heart Attack Man brought brought the house down, playing some deep cuts, like Old Enough to Die, played some older tracks, like uh, Moss and a Lampshade, and a lot of stuff from, um, from uh, Fake Blood. So it was just really, really cool to hear them. I, you assume an album tour is going to be all new songs, and they did a really good job. I think they played 14 or 15 songs total they did a good job of mixing it up with new and old and everyone there knew every song. And it was just like circle pit after circle pit and everyone crowd surfing. And it was just like, it was a great energy and you left there so moist that you were like the, it, <laughs> it felt like a workout, but it was, it was so worth it. It was amazing.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I love it. That's a big show for a small venue.
0: Yeah. It was, I, if it wasn't sold out, it was with, it was within 50 tickets of being sold
1: out and there was not, any room whatsoever but i loved it i also love the fact that you went to this show the same night taylor swift was playing at Paycor stadium yeah it was it was you, an interesting when week. everyone back yeah. yeah it was an interesting week because
0: everyone i told like hey i'm going to a concert on friday oh you going to see taylor swift I'm like i kind of just look at myself and go nah i think even <laughs> if i scored tickets i don't think i would want to go
1: I re- sold that shit It's Billy.
0: Yeah, the resale on them is way too much to to actually want to go see it. And nothing yeah. against Taylor Swift, just like zero to minimal interest.
1: I've got a lot. I've got a lot against Taylor Swift, but we won't, We everybody knows that if you listen to the shit. Yeah, <laughs> I fucking hate her. Guess what? We don't buy into
0: cults. Twenty years from now, we're gonna find out it was all cult. <laughs>
1: yeah and she's a massive bitch and doing all kinds of other weird shit but well, yeah whatever well we'll save that for the uh vh1 behind the music yeah <laughs> when we'll, vh1 comes back from the dead yeah <laughs> when we
0: do our i told you so when vh1 does it we'll we'll be there yeah um yeah kind of just to piggyback off the show um my song is my song of the show is uh hot dog by super american and there's something so funny about like a pop punk song that's so simple. It's just like, I love you like a hot dog. Yeah. And I think it's like a, if, if it's not a gas station hot dog, it's some local place to them where they're going to get a hot dog and just right. eating a hot dog and looking over at your girl and being like, I love you. Like, I love this hot dog. Like that's yeah, just it's so, cute. it's so goofy and so fun. And then you get to chant hot, hot, hot dog. It's just so, <laughs> it's so stupid, yeah. but so fun. And actually, for this tour, they were doing like a little hot dog stand, and they were selling hot dogs before the show, before uh, the Popo shut them down. um, So they had to stop doing it. But they were selling a t-shirt that said, like, uh, Super American Hot Dog Stand, and um, I have major
1: regrets not buying one. I mean, that sounds like a great hot dog chain. Yeah. Super American Hot Dogs? Yeah, I'd, I'd eat the shit out of a Super American Hot Dog. Yeah. Like you, foot long, foot long bun length. Yeah. <laughs> Slap some chili and cheese on that bitch. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd be fine with just fucking relish and mustard, dude. Oh, yeah. Me too. Just slam that shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is the perfect time of year for a hot dog song, too. Like, that's all I think about yep. is hot dogs. With a fucking
1: lemonade? You oh, kidding me? Dude, you're kidding. You're kidding.
0: <laughs> Don't let it be a mango lemonade. I'll never leave. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm a strawberry lemonade guy myself. Oh, yeah, that's good, too. But, um, yeah, great song. Um, it's just fun. I, I I listened to it this morning. Um, got one listen out of it, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. So Hell, yeah. Uh, my song, the show, is very, very different. It's Doom by Inkwater. Inkwater has, I think, like 2,000 monthly listeners on Spotify right now. Uh, and he has, like, three songs on there. I just again, this is a TikTok find for me because I'm still on breakdown TikTok, and this the breakdown in this hip hop song is fucking so brutal that I was like I had to sit up and take take notice. And I listened to the other two songs that he has on Spotify, and the the other there's another one that might be even better than this one um, as far as like mixing because it, it's not new metal, but it is hip hop and metal together. It's like hip hop and deathcore together. So I don't know if you want to call it like new (laughs) deathcore, yeah but it's it's fucking great man it's uh something really cool it's it's a sound that i've heard before but also haven't heard before because again i was not expecting this brutal breakdown in a hip-hop track and i'm fucking here for it i can't i I instantly followed the guy i'm happy to be on a ground floor for something that i think is going to be really cool
0: yeah it's it um it reminds me of like the collision course that uh jay-z and lincoln park did together where mm-hmm. the sounds shouldn't fit together, but somehow they just kind of do, and um, I forget the
1: the main line through the song, but it was catchy as hell. Yeah, and it's a, again, this is different even from that because this is not two genres meeting. This is the this feels like the beginning of a new genre, kind of. Yeah, like this is a genre, and it's not like oh. Jay Z meets Lincoln Park. This is just this is just is what it is, and I think it's 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 pretty cool, man. And I you know I posted in Discord like this might be the song that gets Mason into breakdowns, <laughs> so we can only hope. Fingers crossed, so Mason can finally start listening to our show again.
0: Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was really cool. It I've been on the pop punk train, so it was nice to have something kind of snap me out of that. Because Ben didn't do uh, us any favors with his.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I will read Ben's Discord comment because he couldn't be bothered to open another app last night. <laughs> so, Ty- typed it like um, an
0: email and everything. All he had to do was copy and paste. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll just read his whole comment. He said, yeah, let's make it official. Don't have energy to open another app due to car search right now uh, to send an email. But he I'll do it here. Subject, release radar hot. Uh, there's something strange in the air boys, but it ain't from Canada topical. Uh, it's a suburb of it's from a suburb of Chicago in the form of fallout boy. The timing is just too perfect. I've randomly fallen in love with fallout boy. And a couple months later, they put out an awesome remake of an iconic song by one of my favorite artists ever. Come on, man. Sleepless in Columbus, Benji, Ohio, Benji, Columbus, Ohio. Um, his song is we didn't start the fire by fallout boy. And I haven't listened to this version yet. But I know We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. And I know Ben loves that song. So I'm sure it's just two worlds colliding that he's just all about.
0: It It is so impressive how much time and effort they took to completely update this song. Everything is super topical to the last 23 years or whatever. Every, pretty much since 2000, they kind of talk about things and touch on things. And it's really cool that they took the time... And this isn't an easy task to make it sound good and to like add all those and make it a, like a really cool song. Um, my buddy Chaz texted me and was like, this is Fallout Boy's best song since Take Take You to the Grave. And I was like, that is a bold claim, my friend. And I love it. Um, hold on. What did this is the best Fallout Boy has put out since Take This to Your Grave in 2003. And yeah. I don't know if I necessarily agree, but I definitely th- love the excitement. And, I, you know, I'm still not fully around on the new Fall Out Boy album. I know Ben's been pushing it on us, and maybe we'll cover it in a few weeks to really force our hand. But, yeah, this was a really pleasant surprise, and I just assumed it was a cover until I heard how much time they really took and effort they put into making it their own Fall Out Boy sound and updating all the lyrics.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of more jacked to listen to it now because I just thought it was going to be a cover. So, uh, yeah, I'll listen to it right after the episode. Hell yeah. Um. So, yeah, if you want to go check
0: out our social media, merch is at off, or our merch is offthebeatenclef.com. Instagram is at offthebeatenclef. Our Twitter is at offclef. And our email is offthebeatenclef at gmail.com. We have a link to the Discord as well, and that's where we do a lot of our... Uh, discussion that's where we kind of pick our albums everyone gets to find out before we record uh what we're talking about and then they get to if you want to throw out your thoughts if you want to be on the ground floor and listening to the music as we're listening to it that's kind of where we do it all um yeah do you do you know in the back of your mind what you want to do next week
1: i have no idea i mean we i have a couple guests in mind that we may want to reach back out to so we can have Mason. We can have Alec on. Um, but yeah, other than that, I got no fucking clue, buddy.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. Let, we'll try and um, get Mason on because it's we've kind of put him through the ringer of listening to music that he doesn't like. So we were like, "Hey, as an olive branch, would you like to pick our album?" And he picked. That's one, true. So yes, it would be it would be fun to have him on and, and discuss it with us.
1: Yeah, and it's an album I love, so I'd be jacked to talk about that next week.
0: Yeah. So. What album is that do you remember
1: uh shit I don't remember the exact it was an, it's a ninja bass uh um tr- album but I forget the actual like f- word for word name album but it's from it's feathers on that album so okay. it, you we've heard we've heard that album before <laughs> okay yeah so just get ready we're, we're going back into hip
0: hop yep um uh lo-fi hip hop which is something we haven't really covered
1: a whole lot of
0: yeah which will be exciting. Um, but yeah, that's all we got this week. We love you guys. Yep. Bye.